Janmi Taika co-founded 2005 Hitmeister, which had, when he left, 60 employees and got later sold to Real. Since 2007, Jan has been an angel investor in almost 20 companies, and in 2010, after he left Hitmeister, he joined Vuga as COO. They had 30 employees during that time and growed up to 300 employees. Since 2017, he works as venture capitalist at Holzbrink Ventures. And now let's start the podcast. Here's Florian from 99 Startups, and I'm today here with Jan. Hi, hello. Jan, um, you have quite an impressive track record. Uh, so, can you tell us about like the main difference of uh, co-founding Hitmeister, working for Vuga, and then later starting into a venture business? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, um, it's been a long ride. I uh, co-founded Hitmeister, I think it was now 15, 16 years ago. And when we started, we came straight out of university, three people in one office, no money, Uh, really scrappy and we did a ton of mistakes but um, also learned a lot on the way and then I joined um, VUGA when there were about 30 people so it was already a good size company hit my soul was about 60 when I left uh, VUGA was 30 and then grew to 300 And so while at Hitmeister, I was actually doing a lot. I was um, sometimes writing code and uh, fixing servers and installing computers and all that stuff. Um, at Vuga, a lot more already had been built. Um, and it was more about scaling, about um, hiring people, setting up teams, all this stuff. Um, and now at um, at Holzbrink, it's... It's very different. Now I um, I don't actually, I mean, I try and support our entrepreneurs where possible. But in the end, it's about screening the market, finding cool founders, um, interesting projects, um, figuring out um, where um, the fund can invest. So it's on a, on the one hand, it's super interesting because I see tons and tons of startups, cool founders, great ideas. Uh, on the other hand, I don't get to do anything anymore so would you say that like is it the previous um, journey always helped you for the next one yes definitely and um i think what was interesting is when i um when i was at vuga i already started doing angel investments so i did about 15 or so angel investments so i learned a bit about investing money and um I'd even say out of a perspective, my career almost looks planned, even if it wasn't. So how how happened the transitions? So did you just look for new challenges or why didn't you just found the next company after Hitmeister? Yeah, so I mean, I um, invested in Vuga as an angel. And um, at that point, then Vuga was maybe two years old and the CEO, Jens, um, was looking for someone to kind of extend the leadership team. And Jens um, is brilliant at product and very, very good at building company. The other co-founder, Philip, um, is a very, very good CTO. And the idea was for me to come in and, um, yeah, and to start doing the whole commercial side. And what I found really interesting was the possibility to see a company grow from at that time it was very clear the company would go off like a rocket and for me to be able to see how it is to manage a company of 300 people ish um, that was extremely interesting and very tempting so uh, how how big 
uh, was Hitmeister as you sold it? Um, when it was sold, I think around 80 people. 80 when people. I lived, around 60. Okay. So, and, um, so you were more like the, the manager on the inside of uh, Ruger? Mm-hmm. So um, what would you say was the key learnings to be a manager in a 300? Like you growed it also. Mm. Um, what was the main difference on the beginning and then uh, like the main points on the beginning, what you focused on mm. and then like on the end? Well, I think it's, I think it's really important to be aware of which stage you're in, what your problems are, and then to fix them kind of one by one. And um, because, I mean, there's a great book by a Google head of HR, you know, on all the stuff Google does in HR, but there's no way you can do that in a 300-person company and definitely not in a 10-person startup. And so um, at Vuga, I mean, the, the journey was... The first thing was to raise um, our B-series, the big round of money. And then I spent a lot of time, for example, setting up HR. And then we hired a head of HR who took over that. And then I moved on to what in gaming is called publishing. And so it really was an iteration. And to what I like is experimenting with things. You know, should we do daily stand-ups? Yes. Okay. But... Um, what happens when you hit 10 people, 30 people, 50 people? When do you stop? Do you do weeklies? Do you have the leads and who do you involve? What's the reporting? All these things. What I often liked is finding um, concepts somewhere, blogs, other startups and so on, testing them, seeing if it helps and if it does keep on and if not, stop. And so to me, um, growing a startup is also a lot about trying things which kind of fit your phase or your stage that's an interesting interesting point so so you were always in a state of trying to getting better getting better means like generating more output or like helping the people to generate more output mm-hmm. um so what were like the magic like what were the best things which worked for the small teams the, and then like for the big big ones well i mean yeah it's a good question really i think there's mm, there's a few buckets you need to solve and i think one is communication um where the tools change you know from as i said the daily stand-up the all hands meeting and so um then you probably need to start implementing hr processes for the people so a certain amount of onboarding offboarding if necessary feedback and so on Um, you need to think about your leadership kind of below you. Do you have team leads, which is okay? Do you have managers who maybe lead team leads? Um, You start having multi-step processes. Um, So I'd say feedback, general HR processes, leadership are three of the main ones. Um, But then those also boil down, for example, in leadership, how do you, um, what do you do about goals? Do you start implementing OKRs or kind of management by objectives and these kinds of things? So, um, yeah, there's a ton of stuff to do. So the employees were quite used from you. They're like, you had always new ideas or how you introduce the change? Like, because people don't like normally change. Yeah, that's true. I think um, you need to figure out um, ways of communicating it and selling it. So, I mean, one of the things... Um, which we did pretty at the end. What I really liked was calibration meetings where um, managers talk about the feedback they will give to the employee with other managers. 
And normally you have in a manager-employee situation, you have a power balance and, you know, no one kind of questions the feedback. And this, for example, is a change which is great for employees because it makes their feedback better and more objective and more rational. It does create more work for the managers. So that so that's then an example of something which is easy to communicate to the team, but maybe not so much towards the managers. Um, but then there are other examples which... Yeah, which you have to do. And I think a lot is um, about over-communicating, really. Talking okay. often, understanding what people's fears are and how how this change benefits them. And in the end, most people, at least in the startups I've worked for, are rational, positive, yeah. happy, and so on, and don't purposely you know, try and prevent change. Yeah, okay. That's a really good point. So... Then you you move to the whole venture venture um, side. Mm -hmm. So how did your perspective change? Like how you look on that side now? <laughs> well, it's still a, it's still a process to be honest, um, because I'm now here since seven months, and I've done my I've done two investments, um, but both are still kind of under the radar, and. Um, It's very interesting because on the one hand, I still remember really well. Um, I mean, at Hitmeister, we often only had two or three weeks of money in the bank and we're really struggling to make payroll, you know, to kind of how can we this month pay salaries. Um, at VUGA, it was always a bit more comfortable. But um, so I definitely remember the, the founder side um, and also how how much work and effort you put into these meetings and and how important they are but then on the other side now as an investor um you just see so many companies that it's um yeah it's hard and what you are doing unfortunately is most of the time saying no or kind yeah. of deciding to not follow on and there are obviously companies where you think oh, okay this is kind of crap but then there's many many others where you actually know people are putting a lot of good work and it's good companies, but um, which for whatever reason don't fit the fund's investment criteria. And do you give them like also always feedback or is there also no time for that? Um, I try and give feedback if it's helpful. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's always a question of time um, as well, yeah. but I try and be respectful and also give feedback and um, especially to make it very clear that um, that when we decide to maybe not further pursue an opportunity it's based on one or two meetings and seeing the slides and so on and yeah. um, it could be that we're completely blind and dumb yeah 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 it's, it's probably really hard for you guys as well if you don't really work closely with the, with the founders all the time mm. to know if it's a good team well you're, you always have this fear you know yeah. and I'm am I missing something you know yeah. and uh, will I in a year or two kind of really kick myself um, because I missed something yeah awesome so if you would need to give advice for someone who want to um, follow your journey like the same like starting company then going into management more and then like going to ventures What would you, what for advice, for tips would you give mm. for each stage? <laughs> well, I mean, I think founding a company is, is the only thing people should be doing out of university. 
Okay. Because, um, I mean, if I remember back to the time, in the end, I, my colleagues and I never, I mean, we were always really afraid of failing, especially as we had a team and we had commitments and so on. On the other hand, as a founder straight out of university, you know, like uh, cheap apartment, no children and so on. Um, it was often for us that we didn't pay our salary or, you know, and if you're out of university, it, you know, you can find ways to survive. And, um, and I learned so much, especially in the initial years. I think there is no other place uh, which could have, where I could have gotten that. And it is an emotional roller coaster. So the ups are much higher than anywhere else and the lows are much lower. Yeah. But I think when you're young and hungry and cheap, <laughs> it's, it's um, a perfect time to do that. And then mm, I think having at Hitmeister, having built the company from zero to 60 people, and then we also had to do layoffs and then kind of rebuild again and so on. Um, I think that I learned quite quite a bit there also about management and building companies and so on which then allowed me to take the job at Vuga um, I think senior management in my opinion also has a function of experience it's not only you know like smart and aggressive yeah. and so on but it's also a function of experience you know once you've fired an intern fired an employee fired a team it's things you learn from and you you try and do better the next time. Um, yeah, so I think that was then helpful. And then the step into venture capital, I think, is an it's an interesting one because it's such a different job in a way. And if you look at, at um, Holtzbring Ventures, I'd say about half the people have an entrepreneurial background and the mm -hmm. other half have a um, more banking slash consulting background. And then um, some have been in the fund their whole professional life, while others are relatively fresh. And um, so there's actually a quite diverse set of backgrounds um, of the people represented here. How, how can you be in an investment fund your whole professional life? Like, is it like just a skill, skill in itself you can learn just out of university to, to measure companies if they're good or not? That's a good question. I mean, we have an example, David Kuczek, who started as an intern and is now a general partner here at Holtzbring Ventures, and who's, he's found some very, very good companies. Okay. Um, Flixbus is one of his big investments, for example. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it seems to have worked. And, until now, good choice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the interesting thing is I got like uh, also the advice, what that you should go first in a kind of mid-sized company to get like work experience to understand like the market better and then like you find better loopholes with the market out mm. of university um especially for getting the market to know like how how was your approach there guys we had no clue coming out of university i mean we had um i had done an internship in I'd done a couple of startup internships and then also an internship at a VC fund. So I also kind of knew how to organize money. Um, so I'd say a few good internships are cool. Yeah. But in my opinion, if you, I mean, if you know the industry you want to be in, then that's quite smart and devious, yeah. you know, to kind of already yeah. go in there. Um, you could consider doing a entrepreneur in residence program yeah. at a startup, something yeah. like that. But 
Mm, my, I'd say always, I mean, we talked about this earlier, I think just trying and starting and doing and failing and learning is, um, is often more helpful than yeah. anything else. Good advice. Um, did you read a lot during this time or like got feedback a lot from outside or how did you educate yourself? Mm. It's a good question. So what I did, um, especially at VUGA, but also at Hitmeister, but even more at VUGA, we here in Berlin, we kind of founded a self-help group and we had three COOs, uh, Nikita from Delivery Hero, Mark from SoundCloud and me from VUGA, which are completely different companies. But um also facing in a way similar challenges and so obviously nikita much more operations and sales uh mark was always very very good from soundcloud on um on hr topics for example and feedback and also international because they had so many offices really early and um i learned a lot from there so what i would um recommend to any entrepreneur is find a circle of people you trust And then consider setting up a, a format, um, yeah. Because just learning from other people's experiences is, is the best you can do. How did you meet them? Like, how did you get in contact with the other CEOs? So that was actually, I think Mark set it up from SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was cool because we the format we had is we went for long lunches, like one and a half hours, but every lunch had a topic, and oh. so via email before we would say, okay. Um, like what's the problem you're facing and then maybe I need to set up a new feedback system or I need to understand how to manage an office in the US and then we would have a topic and then everyone kind of discusses that topic that's pretty cool yeah so not not random but you know like well prepared yeah. <laughs> in a way that's pretty cool awesome so um, and um Do you do the same now as venture capitalists in this? Did you like you still meet the same people, or did you got new people which are more in the investment? Um, you mean for my personal mentoring, or for, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I try and mm, it's it's an interesting question. I talk to other VCs, more experienced ones, yeah. um, both internally, of course, uh, but also externally. Um, there's among venture capitalists you it's it's an interesting problem because you know we we do everything from seed until series c but typically we would you know do like series a stuff and then you have seed funds who come before us who we work with and then we work often with larger funds later for the later rounds but then you also have a competition of course around yeah. deals around you know the hot next new thing um so on the one hand there is a lot of coffee meetings and so on happening um however yeah maybe i should set up a, a self-help group like that again <laughs> here in berlin yeah i just know um from from some people from say some ceos that like it's kind of sometimes normal that you talk to your competition and mm. also exchange ideas sometimes with competition or like with close competitions or yeah um yeah like I think There's as a VC, almost more other way around. You also have to sometimes at conferences and so on watch out to not speak too much to other VCs. You know, yeah. you need to be out talking to founders, to business angels, and so on, and not talking to other Correct. VCs. Correct. So, um, what you would say is the biggest challenge you're facing today? Well, 
To me, it's, um, I mean, in, in venture capital, it's always deal flow. Um, finding the right teams in the right moment when they're open to raising money, but they're also ready to raise money. And um, so what, I mean, Holzbrink sees between three and 4,000 business plans per year. So yeah. it's less a quantity thing. But, you know, what I often think about is how can I focus my time and my effort and make sure the people who are out there know me, but then also I know about them and the stars come together at the right moment. And some some things, for example, what we're also discussing internally here quite often is how can we take some of the randomness out? Because right now it seems a bit random. Random of applications or random... Random... It could, it can be a bit random that it happens, you know, it, oh. it's a bit, you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's a long time ago for me, but you know, a bit like dating, you happen to be yeah. in that bar yeah. at yeah. that day and yeah. stand at, the, at that moment. And then there, but you know, shouldn't there be a more formalized way yeah. of finding companies, finding VCs, matching interests? What do you think about Tinder for startups? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, like, like a swipe right can be really yeah. <laughs> can be know, checkbook. Let, let's say you know I have when we um, the first investment I did without going too much into it, but you know it's like um, three guys and an idea, you know, and it was quite early for Holzbrink, but then you know it somehow it caught my attention, but then I also got good references on the team and so on, but it was a bit of a coincidence, and actually. <laughs> my old COO side would like to have it less of a coincidence, but then maybe it has to be. That's an interesting question. Like, how is it? Like, is it, is it completely your responsibility as, or are you need to check back? Is it like cooperation, like altogether, or how does mm. this work from responsibility side for investment of, like, you mean within, within yeah, yeah, Hotspring Ventures? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, the, um, in the end, as a, as a member of the investment team, I obviously look at, new ideas the whole time, um, new business plans. And then when we go deeper into the due diligence, I try and involve colleagues who maybe have yeah. specific knowledge. Mm, and then once I want to do something, then, then I can recommend it as an investment. And then the fund makes the decision to invest. Okay. So and you just recommend it and then like, like a whole round at the sides or yes. Like, yeah. Okay. You, yeah. You're not part of the round anymore. Um, no, I mean, obviously we're part of the discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, this is, um, I mean, Holzbrink has a large fund. Um, but on the other hand, we're not a spray and pray investor. So yeah. we commit very significant amounts of money to every company. Yeah. And so it's not, uh, not just me kind of yeah. making a decision. Yeah. Yeah. So did this addition process also not change with the sum of money? Or is there like a difference between like the early stages and the late stages? Or is it like always the same? Mm, the due diligence gets deeper if okay. there's more questions, you know, yeah. and if it's a yeah. <coughs> super early seed topic, no one, I mean, what do you do? You find out about the founder, you kind of know the broad market and so on. But, you know, if it's a big investment in a later stage company, you have more numbers, you have more expertise and so on. So it moves from PowerPoint to Excel, yeah, <laughs> if you okay. will. So, and um, 
<laughs> what would you advise someone like he wants to become a venture capitalist? Like, what would be the way to do that? Well, mm, first figure out why, why you want to be become a, yeah. a venture capitalist. Um, because, point. I mean, I really, really like my job, but it's very different yeah. than an operator role. And be aware of the differences. Um, and then there's not that many positions um, for this kind I mean there's not that many people doing it and in the end what from what I understand um, the my partners here at Holzbrink liked was the combination of entrepreneurial experience and investing experience yeah and I think that's a very good combination nowadays um, if you want to go into venture capital yeah so What would be the way to go if you say, I want to become a manager of a certain size of company? Like, how would you do that? You mean like similar to VUGA? Yeah. Well, um, I think the gamble which paid off for me at VUGA was joining a company of 30 people, which was even a little bit smaller than yeah. Hipmeister, but kind of um, having a good, strong feeling that it will grow. Yeah. And then... Uh, obviously doing a job which was at least good enough to grow with the company <laughs> and kind of stay in that position because i mean i don't think you know as as a the managing director of hitmeister with 60 people you know i don't think anyone would have given me a 300 person company to run yeah or at least well maybe you know with a lot of trust Yeah. but but probably not yeah and so i think um i think luck is actually part of it unfortunately yeah but then also selecting you know i, I mean i stayed for seven years at hitmeister and seven years at vuga so i didn't yeah. jump a lot yeah. but you know finding good companies with good people where you have a strong feeling that they're gonna grow and do well yeah. and then grow with the company and um what i found always interesting was to um Also, the relationship between the Jens, the CEO and founder, and me as yeah. COO, you know, to, um, I think what was always good is that we were good at different things. Yeah. And so we could work very well together as a team. Yeah. Cool. So, um, the last question is, if you could go back in time and give advice to your 20-year-old self or to your 30-year-old self, yeah. what would you tell? <laughs> Mm. I should have thought about this question more, Ed. I mean, I don't really... I'm actually quite happy yeah. with the way everything worked out. I don't yeah. have big regrets. And I mean, I'm sure Hitmeister, we could have done things smarter, VUGA, yeah. we made a ton of mistakes we could have avoided. But they're also part of the process, in a way. Then, then let me ask a different question. Yeah. Because you did a kind of unusual way like you always like straightforward like always pushing the the ground especially like going right out to university in a startup hmm. did you got like pressure from outside like for example from your parents who say like yeah you should get a real job like uh, did you got something like that from no, your family not really okay <laughs> i'm sorry it's not very interesting. no you don't need to be sorry you need to be happy about that <laughs> no but uh, i mean what was interesting is at home my um my mother was always super entrepreneurial okay and my father uh, worked for a big organization oh. so at the other end of the spectrum kind of um but i mean i think the 
what was always important for my father was this get a good education you know yeah. so i kind of checked that and then he said if you have a good education you know you'll never starve yeah which i think it makes sense yeah and then my mother was always more on the side well do it you know just go out and do so did you know then already that like you want to be entrepreneur you want to yeah. build a startup yeah oh my God, even during my studies so i studied first in in marburg at a kind of state university and then i went to um hhl handelshochschule leipzig and um there i mean the people in my class were lukas gadowski you know and people like that and at the time um We were 40 people, and I think six went to Roland Berger, Restrukturierung. <laughs> so restructuring, so kind of the worst of the worst, even though I'm still good friends with many. Um, yeah, and then there was always the other block of the internet entrepreneur group, and um, it always fascinated me. So I my, my internships were with startups and with the VC fund and so on. So I was always very clear I want to go into the startup space. That's cool. not not like I don't think I've ever worked in a large company. You can discuss how how large a free company is. But yeah, like getting more to the top, so that's maybe also a bit different. Yeah, no, but I've never I've never worked in a classical company. Classical company. Yeah. Um, if you, what's your favorite books like? What for books you would recommend for people like? which are a little bit more advanced people which want to start out like what what are your mm. what are your what favorite books startup wise yeah or, like all general like you can also go in general uh, yeah so i have a um i actually read non-fiction only okay it, it, it's been my thing for the last year or so and i try and um i'm just super interested which is maybe why i also like my job here so much um so i i read for example a book on shipping containers and okay the impact of the shipping container on the world was probably larger than of the internet okay because it enabled globalization yeah. it enabled specialization yeah. of labor yeah. it allowed china to grow yeah and so on and um i read something about power grids or now i'm reading about um how isis grew you yeah. know in the in kind of in the arab world um do you remember the name of the books like of the shipping container yeah example? i think it was just the box or something like that called the box. Okay. <laughs> yeah. i can look it up yeah. but something like that and then the the oh. easiest one is um something with black flag yeah um and the power grid i'd have to i'm not okay. good with <laughs> with the book titles i'd have to look it up but okay. um so i like reading random stuff and what i do is i look at the reading lists of um bill gates warren buffett and so on yeah. and then look for stuff which which interests me um that's on the one side and then on the business side mm, i found a few helpful books i mean books also age kind of quickly but still um when i was younger i loved the folkloristic storytelling you know of like how benchmark grew i think it was called e-boys or stuff like that um on a more kind of practical level this google book the hard thing no the um work rules i found interesting because it just explains google hr and then you can yeah. steal bits from it um the hard thing about hard things which is a classic yeah. one um there's one um how's it called again Yeah, as you see, I don't remember the titles. There is one, I think, from Brad Feld um, on VC, 
kind of oh, it's okay. like how to negotiate better than your lawyer and your venture capitalist yeah good. um yeah these kinds of things but my i try and read for fun yeah. and my my biggest fun is kind of is non-fiction that's cool that's pretty interesting awesome so do you have some some words for the end you some still want to you, something you still really want to old. say okay <laughs> no no not really okay. um Yeah, in general, um, I really try and be helpful and approachable. So yeah. if something comes out, uh, just our email addresses are on the homepage. Just send me an email. And I'll put them also in the article so okay. that if you want to reach Jan. Uh, cool. And then always say thank you very much. Well, thank and you for having me. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>